0: Welcome. Hey, so you've got one of those, one of those kids. And uh, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. And uh, I remember with my friend and missionary colleague, uh, Brenda Cole. And so we're going to talk about those kids, who they are, and maybe um, how we can minister to them and ultimately how we can help them develop a closer relationship with Jesus. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to introduce Brenda. Go ahead and tell us, you know, where do you serve? You're one a missionary where you serve and, and uh, go ahead.
1: Okay. So I'm Brenda Cole. I am in Southern Minnesota. Um, but I was born and raised in Idaho. Um, lived in Washington for a little while for about six years, but then my mom moved us back. Um, this, this talk or what Jeff and I are going to talk about ministering to at risk kids is really close to my heart because I was one of those kids. Um, My parents divorced. So this is the 60s. And that was not common at all. And so I came from a single parent house. My father was an alcoholic. My mom um, could just verbally be bitter and mean. So I was one of those kids, but I wasn't the one that caused trouble. I was the one that was quiet and just needed a loving, caring adult that would walk with me. Uh, which I didn't get. I did not trust Christ until I was 19 years old. I was married, not to my current husband, but I was married to somebody. Um, My aunt led me to the Lord. She shared Christ with me. I came to know Christ. I did not sit well with my husband and his family who were LDS. And um, he left me. And about five years later, I met and married my husband, Brian, and we are working really close on 34 years. That'll be August 6th will mm. be our 34th wedding anniversary. Mm. So this is, this is close to my heart just because I've, and I've also had a lot of them in club, but I was one of them. And, you know, having that loving, caring adult would have been really wonderful in my life.
0: So then uh, we talk about those kids And I've got PowerPoint here. Um, Let me share that.
1: So who are those kids?
0: Yeah, who are those
1: kids? When we talk about those kids, who are we talking about? Sometimes it's, oh, maybe they're stealing stuff. Maybe they're hitters or biters. Maybe they like to manipulate. Maybe they have anger issues. Maybe you have... A smaller one that likes to run. Maybe they're just mouthy and disrespectful, naughty, lying. You know, all some of these really typical kid sinful behaviors. Some of them may be more exaggerated. Should I say harder, harder? So you said of- you
0: were a. You said you were a quiet. Uh, you're manifested quiet. So tell me about that.
1: Um, I, If anybody scolded me or if anybody um, run me down, I would kind of withdraw and run away. Mm. So I wouldn't necessarily go back to that event. So you I weren't want necessarily
0: to... a biter or manipulator? No. Nope. Nope. Yeah.
1: No, but I've had some of these. And when I was the Iwana commander, I've had a few of these mm. kids that are like this. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, my... I'm having some computer trouble. It's not letting me advance the slide. So, so then, um, let me go back here. So then, um,
1: boy, I don't know. Well, let's just talk about what do we what are we going to do? Where do we start with this? We have these kids. We're where we do not know what to do. Mm -hmm. our club is struggling, um, kids don't want to come because of these kids, what are we going to do? Hey, before
0: before you talk about that, so how do people, what are your thoughts about how others view those kids and how do we, our heart for that and, um, talk about that.
1: So our heart is the first place to start, right? What is our heart towards those kids? Um, And this is a slide that he can't find, I mean, or can't get to. But I was playing a game called Seven Little Words. And we're going to talk about black sheep here. And the clue was black sheep. And the answer was reprobate. Mm. So I found it interesting because I was putting this breakout together when I did that. And I said, well, that's interesting. (laughs) So I went and looked up the word for retrobate. And retrobate is basically somebody that God can't save. They're they're not like they're rejected. They're beyond being saved by God. And a lot of people would say that, hey, you know, Uncle Charlie, he's the black sheep of the family, always in jail or whatever. I mean, that's what they used to say back in my day. Um, so I really do believe that it has to start with our heart. We have to look at these kids differently than what maybe even what we've been brought up to to look at them at
0: so what does that mean look at them differently I mean I know what that means to me they're God's children and we always kind of look at them as trouble but what's the right right attitude do you think
1: so I'm I'm gonna talk it's gonna seem a little strange Jeff I'm just gonna tell you it's gonna seem a little bit strange but I'm gonna talk about sheep we need to t- we need to remember that all we like sheep. Isaiah fifty three six. God says all of us are like sheep. So let's just talk about sheep because you know what? It really plays into how kids act today. What kids want. So so sheep are not stupid, and some of these kids are not stupid. They're very smart. They're very good. Those manipulative ones. They know what to do, right? Many of them know when to run because they've been running all their lives, so they know when to run. They wanna be social, it's gregarious is the word, but they're very, very social. They like to be in their little group. They will follow, they will follow their leader. They will move towards a friend. Are you the friend to that kid? The shepherd is the sheep's friend. They will maintain a flight distance. Have you ever noticed that about a kid? where they almost kind of seem like they've got you right here. I don't quite trust you yet. I don't, I don't quite trust you yet. So they maintain the distance to you. But when they find somebody there, there is unity within those black sheep or within those sheep. Now that's where most of our kids, you know, oh yeah, yeah. We have all those kinds of kids, but let's talk about a black sheep. You know, the retrobate, the one that doesn't conform, the one that doesn't, You know, do everything the way everybody else does, right? Let's talk about that kid, that kid that's in your club that doesn't seem to do anything right or is just mouthy or disrespectful. So when we're talking about black sheep, they're weaker. Genetically, a sheep that is black in color is weaker. Well, these kids might be weaker and you just don't know it. They don't know. They're different. They're just a sheep. The kid doesn't know any different, although he may be sensing that he's different and how we're treating them is different. They can spot that, right? They're just sheep. He's just a kid. She's just a kid. A kid that maybe was taught something that we wouldn't necessarily think about, right? Mm. They are more vulnerable. They can be very easy. And it doesn't necessarily mean they're rebellious. It might mean they're rebellious, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're rebellious.
0: So you're saying they're sort of weaker inside Mm -hmm. because of circumstance, whatever's going on with their life. Yep, whatever's
1: going on at home or guardians or whatever. Mm. They're You don't know, and that's where you have to get to know your kids. What is Mm -hmm. going on? Maybe nothing, and maybe they're just naughty, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to address that. But sometimes some of these kids, and I think this is more common today than we necessarily know, even in homes we think are okay. Mm -hmm. You just don't know. You just don't know. So what about that one that does seem lost, that black sheep or the lost sheep? They don't want to be there. They don't want to be lost. They don't want to be gone. right? They want to be included. It doesn't always necessarily mean they're rebellious. I know I brought that up before, but it really does mean that. They're very vulnerable and they are prey.
0: Do you think some of that is um, they just want an identity? They uh, want somebody to notice them. Maybe they're not noticed at home. Maybe or. are not noticing the rest of their life and they just want to be noticed somehow.
1: They do. They do. And a lot of times they've been abandoned. So I have a story of um, my daughter and one of her friends. So it was a family that we were that I took care of a lot. Um so three boys and a girl. They're very close in age. Well when this girl got to be in middle school she's very boy crazy and she didn't take showers like she should. So she smelled like body odor. and the girls in the youth group, um, my daughter wasn't one of them because she was around here all the time. I mean the the kids were here a lot. but the other girls who weren't around her a lot, particularly at school rejected her. They kind of abandoned her and their moms you know would say to me, oh, she smells bad she's boy crazy and our girls don't like, it. you know, is there, and it's my daughter and I were talking about this the other day, right? On the one hand, they're in middle school and you know, you just, they they've got to have those good friends so they don't get in trouble. And, you know, there's all that stuff. And yet here's this kid that all she wanted was accepted and loved mm-hmm. and she was rejected. By them.
0: So then uh, we've got these kids in our clubs What are your thoughts about how do we, how can we minister to them? I mean,
1: so I have some expectations. You're a leader. I have some expectations for you. Okay. Know your sheep, know those kids, know their name, figure out how to say their name. Maybe you have a large um, Arab population or Islamic kid population of kids coming to your club, figure out how to say their name. Right? Don't assign them an English name just because it's too hard. Right? Learn their names. You might have to feed them. Like literally, you might have to feed them. <laughs> they might need a snack bar. They might not be getting fed at home. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you need to think about, do I need to provide them with a some sort of a energy bar or something when they come in? So figuratively and literally, you need to protect them. You need to find them and then expect them to follow. And even more important, and Awana's gonna talk about this a lot, Awana talks about giving them a place to belong. And I'm reading a book called Strange New World. And one of the things that's coming out, and it's by Carl Truman, and one of the things that's coming out in this book a lot, our kids today are trying to find a place to belong. They don't see the family, the church, or our nation as a place to belong. So they go find someplace on the web. Mm. They're not really belonging to this group. He tells the story of a kid who um, signs up to be part of ISIS Hmm. online because he wanted a sense of belonging. So my expectation for us as leaders and shepherds is give them a safe place and a place to belong. And that has to be safe. And there's some expectations for kids. They wanna be known. So know your kids, right? They're hungry, and again, literally or figuratively. They really are hungry. Let me ask a question. Can I ask you a question? Who knows how to change this world? Besides Jesus, who has been feeding our children For generations now. Schools. Happened. Schools and Satan, right? He's gotten in. So what did they start with? They started by evolution, evolution is true. So we discredit the creation series, right? And I'm not saying that you should pull your kids out of school. I'm just saying that the world knows how to change our kids. Mm-hmm. The church is the one lagging behind and how to influence the world through our children. Okay. They want to follow, they want to follow the shepherd. Let it be you. Let it be us. They're going to wander. They're going to, because you got to remember that at home, they're being taught something different, but here, when they're here, they'll know where to come. They'll know who they can trust. It may take years. It may take a lot of years. Just be in their lives. And please remember, they're doomed. If we don't if we don't share Christ with them, if we don't provide them with a safe place to belong, a place to belong, a belonging where they can hear the scriptural truth of, of the Bible, where they can get that truth that they can sink their teeth into, then they're doomed. Mm. Doomed to be rolling around with the world and every, every idea that the world has for us.
0: Yeah. Hey, so we talked about, uh, in preparing for this, we talked about some steps for a club. If you're the AMD, if you're the, uh, club director, we talked about some steps for, um, ministering. Why don't you go over that?
1: Okay. So these are the steps I want you to consider. <coughs> the first one that I always tell people is ask, does your child have a special need? Are they on the spectrum? Are they downs? At this point, I want you to contact Nathaniel's Hope because they um, have an awesome ministry towards special needs kids, but this isn't what I'm talking about. This is a different topic than a special needs because that has a special way of handling it. So what I'm gonna have us do is we're gonna take all those behaviors, you know, the naughty, the disrespectful, all of those things, and think of it like a funnel. And we're going to throw all those things in and we're going to go through a process and what falls out the bottom of our funnel is what we're going to end up talking so the second step that we're going to do is we're going to we're going to look at the mindset of our leaders where is the mindset of our leaders okay so go talk to them go talk to your teachers go talk to your leaders what are their frustrations let them share frustrations don't just talk to them don't just talk at them talk with them sit down and brainstorm what is it what do they think needs to change what do they want to do and also try to help them understand that there is sinful behavior and there is childish behavior and they're different right it's different so oh Johnny has his hand in the cookie jar and I say, Johnny, get your hand out of the cookie jar. I don't got my hand in the cookie jar. Johnny, your hands in the cookie jar. I can see it. Nope. Mm -mm. He's lying. That's sin. His hands in the cookie jar. You can see it. Okay. Johnny is a little boy with a lot of energy and he's running all over the place. That's childish behavior. That's different. Mm. Now you need to Johnny, we need to sit down right now. It's a good sit down time but it's not sin. It's, it's childish behavior. So learn the difference between the two. The next step I want you to do is to look at your structure of your club or your Sunday school or whatever children's program that you're doing. I want you to look at it and I want you to be so picky and picky like every second from the minute a kid walks in the door to the minute the kid leaves, the kids leave the first one in and the last one out. What's going on? What goes on in club is there time where maybe the chairs need to be separated a little more because johnny and and ruthie are smacking each other right because because johnny has a crush on ruthie and he doesn't know how to do with it because he's a first grader so he just sits and smacks ruthie right so do their chairs need to be further apart do they have downtime that they shouldn't have that you need to fill with something okay so every so when, club,
0: brenda when you say examine your club just find the times where they, they might have opportunities to get into trouble yep. and sort of eliminate those or find, hey, are they sitting too close together and yep. and uh, or boys sitting with the girls and if the boys are picking on the girl or those kind of things.
1: Right. And so literally everything. Okay, what's going on right now? This is during handbook time, small group time, excuse me. I'm an old missionary, I guess. So small group time, what's going on? Are the chairs too close? What's the environment? Is it too hot? Is it too cold?
0: There- I think even, you know, where that could really manifest in game time, where there's kids um, playing and then there's kids idle. And uh, we would do trainings on helping when you play a game, you know, you get to whatever your top three players playing a circle game and mm-hmm. then having the other ones involved, Hey, you get extra points if you're cheering your team or you have the extra points, if you're sitting quietly with your hands in your lap, maybe be very directive yep. uh, with how they can, how the, the kids that are not playing, who maybe could get in trouble, uh, mm-hmm. find something in for them to do where they can make watching the game a game as well.
1: Yes, and I'm gonna throw something out that was not very popular. I've had a lot of people say, you just make them play the games. I had some sixth grade girls one year who did not want to play games. Well, you know, I followed everybody's advice. I made them play the games, right? They have to play the games. So um, (laughs) this will talk about um, behavioral issues. What she did out of rebellion was she walked. So there was a running game and she quite literally walked around the circle and forced her team to lose and the game leader was frustrated beyond reason. Frustrated, rightly so. Everybody's losing because she's throwing a little temper tantrum, a little sixth graded girl temper tantrum, right? Find them a job. I did, I found those three girls a job. Every every week they had to pour the Kool-Aid for all the kids, they had to clean up the kitchen, They they had tasks to do. They didn't want to play the games. It made them all sweaty and icky, and they were being little snotty kids. I found them something else to do. And they were perfectly happy, and the team could win. So yeah, you know, I
0: think – <clears throat> or finding a game that they can that they can win at, maybe if they're not good runners, but they can – a thinking game or yep. something. Yep. So, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, it it just – it all depends on the kids, and, and that's where it needs – what needs to change. Maybe this group of kids needs to – have some other chores to do. I had a mom early on when I was commander who said her kids aren't competitive and she quit coming to Awana because we played games. And she thought we should get rid of games altogether. It's like, well, we're not doing that. So, <laughs> so look at your look at the structure of your club. Look at everything that the kids are doing every second. Sit down with your leaders and just brainstorm it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then When you're sitting there with your leaders and you've checked your mindset, right? And you've gone through, no, you've, (laughs) yes, you've checked the mindset of your leaders. You've gone through the structure. You've sat there. Now I want you to do a reality check. So remember, I just brought up that kids today are looking for a place to belong, but they don't see the church, the family, or our country as having that that pull as belonging to it, okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we, we really need to have a reality check. And in my slides, when I do this, it says we're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. This is not the 50s, it is not the 60s, the 70s, or the 80s, this is the 2022s. And kids think differently, they act differently, and you need to get to know them, okay? You cannot, rely on what worked in the past and the the story that i had from that one from this when i was interviewing the pastor um who he and his wife had adopted a kid they could never have children they adopted a kid an at-risk kid turned out he was a gun runner to chicago mm. what he was at age 14. at any rate one time his his son had done something and he got mad and started yelling like his father would to him. He yelled at his son and his son got right here, his face right up there. And it kind of took him back. He's like, whoa, whoa, right? And and he didn't know what to do. So when everything kind of settled down, he said, why did you do that? Why did you get my face? And he said, because in my world, if I didn't respond, it's weakness and weaknesses that you killed. Mm. So you don't know, I highly doubt you're dealing with gun runners in your life, but it is the point. He was doing what his father had always done. And you know what, it may not work. Mm. It, It just may not work in our kids today. Maybe they're just used to yelling and they could care less. You could yell all day and it doesn't matter to them. So you've got to find out what works. Maybe they don't know how to sit still. I don't know how to sit still. The fact that I'm not up and down and putting my legs under me and all of that stuff. My mom always said I had ants in my pants. Some kids just don't know how to sit still. You might need to give them a fidget something or another. Maybe they need to color. Maybe they need to do something. Maybe they're just going to sit there and shake their foot like this. And you just need to live with it. Okay? Try to, again, get to know your kids.
0: Yeah, I remember we had <clears throat> one kid uh, who he could... He, he, he memorized just tons of scripture but he couldn't do it sitting still he had to move and talk and or you know pace back and forth and and yeah. he just couldn't do it sitting still and but it was very he memorized a lot of scripture but he had to be moving to do it so um yeah
1: yeah and my daughter was that way she would she would sit and fidget and move and all the time and she could quote things back to you and you know we were sitting and doing some lesson on something on the couch, and. And Grandma and Dad were sitting there watching us, and they were frustrated with her because she kept, you know, wiggling around and whatever. And I said, "Well, Elizabeth, why don't you just tell them what they said?" And so she just, you know, quoted everything back to me. She mm-hmm. was fine, and they sat there shocked. I said, "You know what? Sometimes kids just need to move. They're kinetic learners. Mm-hmm. So that might need to be the part of your reality check. They just may not know how to sit still." Um, one of the things you could do is give your child a, a warning. Once give them a reminder, Hey, you know, Johnny, stop hitting Ruth, stop it. You need to do it. Then they get to go be the leader's helper right hand man for the night. Right. Maybe it's behavior. Sometimes we might see behavior. That's not necessarily usual. Maybe they're just having a rough night. Maybe they're tired. Maybe they're hungry. Maybe they just need a break. Take them out. Take them out in the hall. Let them sit down. Just talk to them. Get down on their level. Look them in the eyes and say, hey, what's going on? You hungry? Need a snack? Mm -hmm. Cool. Right? Talk to them. Okay? Always remember to teach forgiveness and reconciliation. And always remember how patient God is with us. So there needs to be lots and lots of grace. And one of the other really big things that we need to remember when we're going through this is it's not your fault. It's not our fault. But it is our responsibility to take the child with all the baggage, all the hard behaviors, and love and disciple them, to mentor them, to walk with them, to become a resilient disciple for Christ. But don't take it personally. And this is personally because I take it personally. (laughs) So this is, this is my reminder because I would take it personally. Okay. Now you also may have to talk to the parents. Hey, what, what works best with Johnny? You know, I find Johnny wanting to do this. What do I need to do? But before you talk to those parents, pray, they might want to pray some more and then you better pray some more. And then maybe you need to pray some more for wisdom. So, It really is important to pray before you start doing it, before you start talking to the parents. And it might need to be handled at a director or pastoral level. Um, I had a kid who threatened to kill us. Um, he was gonna burn the church down and he was gonna kill us, and the elder board and the pastor took care of it. I they took it completely out of my hands. Um so you need to pray. And then think through well, what should we say to this parent? And they better pray some more because <laughs> you want to come off as loving that kid. So another story I heard about this one was a, a leader was having a really hard time with a kid. And it's just like week after week after week, this kid was just hard. Decided he's going to go talk to the mom. He Walks the kid out to the car, comes up to mom and says, I think we need to, to talk. And her whole countenance fell here it goes again. It's going to get kicked out of another thing. And he saw it and he had the wisdom to say, you know, Johnny had a rough night tonight. It was rough, but you know what? We're going to work through this. Let's you and I talk. We love Johnny. We want Johnny to keep coming. So let's just talk between the two of us and figure out what's going to be best for Johnny. Okay. So really pray for those parents. So now we've taken all of those things. We've we've done our club. We've, we've talked to our leaders. We've had a reality check. We've looked at our, our structure of our club. We've talked to parents. And now we have that one kid or two kids. Now what do we do? Okay, so we still have that one that all of our extra stuff in the club isn't working. What are we going to do? Maybe you need to consider one-on-one. Maybe you need to get somebody in a congregation or one of your leaders to work one-on-one with the kid. I would encourage you to find it on YouTube. I'm pretty sure it's on there, but it's Leo. It's an Awana video. And they were Leo was not memorizing very much and just kind of a distraction during club. And one of the kids, one of the, the helpers, I think he was like high school or early college, took Leo on. Mentored him personally. Maybe that's what you need to do. Go watch the video. It's really cool. Okay? And here's where the Awana missionary says to you, maybe it's not the best program. Maybe Awana isn't the best fit. Or maybe it's just not the best time for them. Maybe you need to figure something else out. Maybe right now this isn't the best So how can you minister to that kid outside of club? This isn't your, this isn't your, yes, Brenda said we can kick him out. No, no, Brenda did not say that. Mm -mm. She's saying, find a time. Saturdays at McDonald's. Most McDonald's are open now. Go to McDonald's and have a cheeseburger or breakfast and spend time with the kid. Okay. A mentor outside of it within your, your child protection policies, okay? I'm gonna say it again, this is not an excuse to kick them out and never deal with them again.
0: You're talking about last resort. Yes. Um, yes.
1: Yes. And it might be one-on-one outside of the group during Awana, it might be that the program is, causing a problem or maybe everybody around them is causing a problem and so you know visible to everybody else but you're having a one-on-one time you have somebody who's just doing it one-on-one during that same club night
0: you know it's kind of interesting you're saying find that one person who might be able to minister to them maybe there's somebody who was they're an adult when they were a child they were one of those kids and they can uh they might have a special heart for that kind of a of a kid and yep. uh you know they that might be a ministry that they really enjoy Uh, because it's sort of um, they see the need for that you know
1: yep and there's a book I think it's called missional families but I'm not really sure I mean sure I'm sure you can just google it and it'll something will come up but you know what, just take the kids along with you those kids that I was talking about and she was the girl was not really included at middle school with the other girls they did a lot of life with me Mm. here I'm not saying that they're walking with the Lord. They're not, but they did a lot of life and I gave them a lot of examples and I stay in their life and I continue to pray with them and pray for them. And right now I'm really praying for one of them, but stay with them, walk with them. And it may be a long road before they come. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So the final step is maybe you have people praying. I had somebody whose only job in Awana was to pray because ultimately this is a spiritual battle. Satan, Satan wants to win the hearts of the kids because then it looks like he's winning on this earth and he's not, he's not going to win. We know the end, but ultimately it's a spiritual battle. So pray over these kids. Mm. So I'm going to go through my steps quickly before, um, jeff asked me another question so your steps to consider are is this a special needs kid we need to look at that differently okay what is the mindset of your leaders talk to them talk to those leaders and then take your leaders and go through every nitpicky piece of structure of your club or sunday school or children's ministries and find out where some of those kids might be getting in trouble The chairs are too close it's too hot they're hungry whatever okay do a reality check we don't live in kansas anymore do a reality check. Maybe if you're feeling like you need something really intellectual to read, read *Strange New World* by Carl Truman. Talk to the parents, and then when you have that one kid that's at the bottom, that still just seems to be struggling, consider finding them a mentor, whether it's that night or another time. Okay, and then have people praying. So one of my kind of the final thing that is like, there's no easy answer to this. There's none. There's not an easy answer to minister to troubled kids. There's infinite number of ways that they're going to react. And then you, you add in the design of the brain and trauma and how God designed us and how each kid reacts differently. There's not an easy answer to this. We just need to have a heart that's broken for kids, troubled and for the good kids. But it's even harder is the need to keep balance for the overall ministry. And I understand that. I understand that there's that kid that's just everybody's leaving because there's that kid. That's why maybe he needs to be mentored one-on-one and out of the general population. Okay? Mm-hmm. But remember, there might be a, a kid that's a pretty good kid that still needs Jesus, is still struggling. That would have been me, although I didn't attend WANA. It might be quiet, but there's a lot of baggage under there and they don't take that baggage out. They still need Jesus. So what am I going to do is I'm going to tell you it's about relationships. Truth is communicated through relationships. It's about building that relationship. So yeah, I'm going to go back to those three B's and Jeff is good at talking about this, but the, the first B a good place for them to belong, a safe place, the truth to believe, Not a truth, the truth. And then to have that loving, caring adult to walk alongside them, to help them become a resilient disciple, to go into this world and change the world. Okay. And it's about relationships. Truth without relationship leads to rejection. But when we have that relationship with them, we can speak truth into their lives.
0: Thank you. Yes, such a huge need and uh, uh, great opportunities, huge needs, um, and uh, so I think for us to develop a heart for those kids, and instead of looking at them as trouble, looking looking for them as as an opportunity of how how we can minister to them, maybe even too. You know, as you're talking here, I was thinking, how do we minister to mom and dad? I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> they recognize certain issues, and how, sometimes you know, just ministering to mom and dad is a great relief for the kid as well. and so how do we call them and say hey how how are you doing?" and yeah, uh, lift them up as well so um, so thank you, Brenda. Anything thank else you, you want to add before we're done here or
1: i I do have kind of an interesting story that Tim Gilly's been sharing at our recent next. At his church, at his Awana program, one of the little girls was bringing home her Sparky book and material, and dad decided he was going to go find out what all this stuff was, and he made an appointment with the pastor. And he went in and talked to the pastor about all of this stuff, and he came to know Christ. Mm -hmm. And then the pastor was going to, they were having a baptismal service, and the family that was supposed to, show to be baptized was sick and didn't come and he asked if there was anybody in the audience that wanted to be baptized and this guy raised his hand and he went forward and was baptized that day Hmm. so it is about parents too and how you can connect to them and that's another breakout too yeah (laughs) um but you know do life with them invite them over
0: yeah hey thank you
1: Yep. Thank you. And I hope
0: this was helpful to you guys. And uh, certainly, if you have any questions, you can contact me, contact Brenda, or uh, if you have another missionary, contact them and we'd be happy to help. So, thanks a bunch. And uh, we'll see you all down the road.
1: All right.